Welcome to Tulsa Time with Bishop Condola. I'm Adam Minahan. As we talk all things Catholic here in eastern Oklahoma, last week we talked about forming our conscience. We had a special guest with us, Carlo Broussard from Catholic Answers, who is joining us again this week. Thank you, Carlo, for, for being here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, we thought it would be a good idea as Advent is coming, or Advent is here, and we are uh, doing the penitential rites throughout parishes. We're having opportunities to uh, go to confession, uh, to take our families to confession. Uh, there's there's many of us who haven't who haven't been to confession in a long time, and and maybe it would be just a good idea to to talk about mm-hmm. what the the importance of confession. Mm-hmm. Um, are the priests going to get mad at us whenever we we confess sins? Uh, you know, what if you know, I confess something and is he going to bring it back up outside of confession? Uh, all these different things uh, as we approach mm-hmm. uh, the penitential rites. Yeah, it's 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 a a ordinary Catholic practice these days, in these decades, uh, for parishes to have penance services during Advent and during Lent. But one um, bad fruit of that, one one um, reaction that we hadn't considered but has happened, is that people, many people, have come to think of the necessity to go to confession is being only twice a year, <laughs> Advent right. and Lent. And so during the penance services, often priests will hear, uh, Father, I haven't been to confession since last Advent or Lent. And so uh, it is it is the case, though, that um, confession is something that is so valuable to mm-hmm. our life, so valuable to our spiritual health, mm-hmm that we should use it frequently, even monthly, right. Right. Uh, because the sacrament is easy. It's the easiest thing in the world. Uh, it's so wonderful. I mean, people should just stop and consider a moment. How do you feel when you leave confession? You just feel great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, why limit feeling great like that to just twice <laughs> a year? Go, go more often. And um, also going more often helps a person alleviate some of the anxiety that that sometimes we may feel about confession with things like that. Wow, I haven't been in a long time. Is he going to think badly of me? Or uh, will the priest remember my sins and think badly of me? Or all those kinds of things. Um, the, the advantage to the penance services is that you can have a lot of people in a relatively short period of time have their confession heard. You get a whole bunch of priests to come and so forth. But uh, parishes have confession every week. You can mm-hmm. almost always you can make an appointment, even if there's not one. Uh, I also recommend to people to remember that the confessional should be set up in such a way that you can go anonymously. And you know, to to any priest listening, please make sure that you have that option obviously available, uh, so that people can see that. <clears throat> because again, that's one of the things that helps to alleviate the anxiety is knowing that I can go in anonymously. Sure. And uh, he and the, the confession still takes if he if right. the priest doesn't know who you are, the priest won't even know who you are. Yeah. I can tell you this about um, if someone hasn't been in a long time, it makes a priest's day absolutely. If he's listening, if he's hearing confessions and someone comes in and says, Father, I don't even know how to do this. It's 40 years since I was to confession. The priest feels great. Yes. Praise God. The angels are singing. Up for yeah. yeah, that's that's what a priest is ordained for, is to be able to be an instrument of God to his people. And for someone who 
the Holy Spirit has worked on to get them to come, even if it's been 40 years, that's not something the priest is thinking, well, golly, what's wrong with you? Why has it been 40 years? Right. The priest is thinking, awesome. I wonder, I've even asked this of people sometimes, uh, if they're, you know, they don't have to tell me, and I make sure they know that, but just in a kind of a curiosity, and because I want them to think of it this way too, what were the, the concrete circumstances that the Holy Spirit used to bring you in, to, to cause you to come? Uh, because that will help them also to be sensitive to the movement of the Holy Spirit in their life, to realize, oh, I, I actually, the reason I decided was because I heard my friend talking about this, mm -hmm. or... This thought occurred to me one day. Or, or I heard the Tulsa Time podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard this crazy podcast. Whatever it was, to see that the Holy Spirit doesn't operate by singing angels usually right. or, or fiery chariots, but by very practical, concrete things, and then to be looking for that mm -hmm. uh, throughout the day and the life. And last time we were together, you, you labeled that as an examination of consciousness, right? Of being aware of the movement of the Holy Spirit mm. in the various activities of our <clears throat> lives, etc. And in the ordinary relationships that we have with yeah. people, right? Yeah. Um, but back to confession, the other thing that people can be aware of is the, um, the technology that can help now. So there's apps on the, all the devices mm -hmm. that will uh, you can pull them up, and it gives you a step-by-step and people actually these days bring their phones with them into the confessional because mm -hmm. many of those apps will list what's called an examination of conscience. We were talking about that last time as well. An examination of conscience typically is a, a list of the Ten Commandments in some form or fashion and with some suggestions about practical ways that we might break them so that a person can read through a list like that, an examination of conscience, and have a sense of, okay, yes, that applies to me. No, that doesn't. No, not that. Not that. Yes, this. Not that. And it helps them to form, what, are, what am I going to talk to the priest about? Uh, what am I going to tell him in terms of the sins that I've committed? Right. So there's an examination of consci conscience on the app. Mm -hmm. There's also the act of contrition. That's the other thing that people are anxious about Sure, is because they, they may have forgotten how to say the act of contrition. They may not realize that there's a thousand acts of <laughs> yeah, contrition. Yeah, I was about to say, right. they may have been taught like five different ones, and they're right. like, which one do I say? And, and of course, but when a person is taught, they usually think that's the only way it can be said. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I often teach people the, short, the shortest one I know Lord Jesus Christ, forgive me, a sinner. Mm. That's the scriptural one, and that's the shortest act of contrition that I know about. Um, and so, but but when you know that it's right there on your device, right. mm -hmm. and and by now priests are not going to think that you're scrolling Facebook if you come in the confessional <laughs> right. with. Or if you're sitting in the line looking at your right, phone, right, yeah. as long as, in fact, you're not scrolling Facebook, <laughs> if you're sitting in the line looking at your phone because you're looking at an app or you're reading scripture or something like that, uh, no one's going to think, wow, look at that person. They're not paying attention. Right. So those are very helpful things. Um, 
Another, even, even writing a list beforehand, even before right. you get there, right? Um, some sometimes when you're nervous, uh-huh. I, I know that I have like had okay, I have seven things that I gotta I gotta go confess, and it's bless me, Father, for I have sinned, and it is blank, blank, blank. <laughs> and it's like I know I have seven, you know, I cannot remember one of them for the life of me because you yeah. just get nervous and you just you know for whatever reason you right. forget. So one of the things that that we try to do, especially with you know as a family, is everybody kind of goes to their own, you know quarter and, uh-huh. and and they they, they take it take a minute before we even leave right to to write down you know things that they want to make sure to confess right yeah one thought on the list and writing down your sins not just one recommendation i have is not making the list only before you go to confession but to daily make the list and making the list as you fall Mm. So you had mentioned last time we were together, you had mentioned something about doing an examination of conscience midday mm-hmm. of seeing how you've fallen short uh, for the first half of the day and then moving right. forward. One thing that I often recommend, and I try to practice this myself, is whenever I realize I messed up and I sinned, I make a note of it. I use my app, right? I use my, my notes app mm-hmm. on my iPhone. Mm. And I make a running list of that of of my sins and that allows for me to daily be examining mm. my conscience and even mm. at night in prayer you know and how i failed and if it's something comes to mind i'm like oh yeah i messed up there i make a note of it and then i'm able to take that in with me to the sac- in the sacrament of confession mm. and that way i don't have to you know yeah. experience those blank those moments, blank moments yeah yeah but the, i guess the one caveat that i would say to to the focus on sins and lists of sins is to balance it with also the list of virtues. Absolutely. And the list of, in other words, to develop, again, we were talking about the examination of consciousness. All good that we do comes from God. God is the source of all the good that is in us and all the good that we're able to do is by His grace. And so being aware of virtues that I do pretty well uh, is important too, uh, so that I... Don't again become scrupulous. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the other thing that's funny is sometimes uh, I'll see a little child, it, like first confessions, uh-huh. uh, a child comes in and they'll hand me a, a, a list of sins to confess. And I can tell that was written by his mom. <laughs> <laughs> I know this child. Come up with all that. so that's, that's too good a penmanship right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's kind of funny too. But it, it points to the importance of parents' example. That's right. we, we talk about that over and over on Tulsa Time. But again, if children don't see parents going to confession, <clears throat> how are they going <clears throat> to learn? Yeah. Right. I need to go to confession. Uh, and for parents to even talk to them about it, to, to assure them and to help them understand the ins and the outs of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, questions that people often ask about, have to do with what about the priest? Uh, is he going to think bad of me? Is he going to remember the sins that I've confessed? Try to put yourself in his place. You're sitting in that confessional for an hour, hour and a half. At a retreat, it might be three hours. You might hear confessions of 20 to 50 people. Uh, could you remember? <laughs> There's no way. I mean, it, no. it all runs together. Secondly, to remember the priest is a sinner too. He goes to confession. I see my confessor, who's a spiritual director, about once a month. Mm -hmm. Um, 
one time uh, Pope Francis, early in his papacy, someone asked, uh, an, uh, a interviewer asked him, what should people know about you? What's the important thing about you? And he thought about it a moment, and then he said, they should know that I'm a sinner. Ah, that was Beautiful. pretty good. Yeah, that was very revealing. So um, the, the priest himself goes to confession, so he knows the value of the confession, right. of the sacrament. Um, the other part of this sacrament has to do with when persons are sick, because it's also united with the anointing of the sick. Uh, it's best not to wait till a person is so sick that they can't make a confession mm -hmm. to call the priest. Better to call him earlier in the illness, if possible, right. so that he can go and visit the person and they can still make a good confession, which will help them. They'll right. feel much better uh, about the fact that I don't know which way this illness is going to go, mm -hmm. but I do know that I have made a good confession. Yeah, a couple of things that I, I think that are, are, are really important for, for parents as, as they're trying to teach their children about confession is, one, they see they have the parents go first. So the, the children see mom and dad need mercy and forgiveness mm -hmm. just like I do. Mm -hmm. uh, if there's a first confession, uh, we've, we found that actually the role-playing of confession ahead of time helped them understand what was going to take place inside. Because you mm -hmm. can talk to them all about it, but then... The door closes and it's you you know, kind of a the mystery. Yeah, it, it's a muscle. mystery almost at first, but then they're like, "Oh, I, re I remember. This is how it goes." Right. Um, and then, and then the the last one is to make sure that uh, when we when we go to confession, that it's the analogy of going to to the physician. Mm -hmm. If we're going to the doctor and we have a broken arm and we have a hangnail. Mm -hmm. Are you going to tell the doctor about your hangnail first? Or are you going to tell the doctor about your broken arm first? Mm -hmm. uh, if you if you you get nervous in confession sometimes, and you can forget things um, in, unintentionally, and yeah. so it's important to talk about and confess the most important things first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think one thing that could help ease the anxiety is that in the confessing of the important things, let's say if it's a mortal sin, little children probably won't have the mortal sin, but mm -hmm. even for us as adults, the big things, we don't have to go into detail, mm. right? Right. And so many times people think, oh my gosh, I can't confess that. Oh my God. You know, and because they're thinking they have to like go into all the details. Mm -hmm. And really all that's required is just to name the sin. If it's mortal sin, number and kind, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Kind and number. Yeah. Kind and number. But it's just the kind, like, yeah, I did that. And then that's it. You mm -hmm. don't have to now. Maybe the, perhaps if there's more time for spiritual counseling, mm -hmm. maybe the priest might inquire to try to decipher intention and motivations and culpability and all of that. But really it's kind and number, and that can often ease the anxiety, I right. think, when it comes to those major sins. Yeah. And there's a practical, mm, what, uh, ethics or, or, or practical being polite when we go to confession. If, if we're there, and obviously there are a lot of people, right? then it's best not to try to right. ask the priest, could you help me with this? But at that moment, you might say, could I make an appointment with you? Yeah. Uh, could I see you in your office? Could I call you? Something like that. Uh, the priest himself may want to offer advice. Um, you know, one of the things that I... I used to do uh, presentations on was to clergy about preparing the confessional for women who are post-abortive. 
uh, mothers and fathers who have lost a child in an abortion, they may not have been to confession again for uh, the average is 12 years hmm. uh, before a person seeks healing after that. And many people labor under the error, the erroneous thought that there is such a thing as an unforgivable sin and abortion is it. And so I'm afraid to even go in there because he may just tell me to leave. There's no such thing as an unforgivable sin. Abortion is not an unforgivable sin. And the, uh, the priests should think through, here's a person who may have not been to confession, who's been carrying this terrible load for mm. 20 or 30 or 40 years. What's the state of my confessional mm -hmm. and the circumstance surrounding being in the line and so forth? Do I have a welcoming and a, a clean and a well-lit and a beautiful uh, environment for this person to come and finally address this terrible wound so that they are not harmed further by the experience of coming. Uh, and so we should give some thought to that to make sure that our confessionals look pleasing and are pleasant and they don't smell funny and there's not <laughs> stacks of boxes of old missilettes in the corner and you know stuff like yeah. that uh, so that it's ready to receive something as sacred as that. Do you confess your family and friends' sins in confession? <laughs> does often, does uh, that work? There's often jokes about that, particularly among spouses. You know, so, uh, I don't want to tell you what my husband does. <laughs> no, no, we can only or confess. Yes, because my husband yeah. or wife said these right. things. Now, that may happen. Um, and, uh, of course, say what you think you need to say, but... We can only confess our own sins, right? Right. And, or we can only be absolved for our own sins. And so what is the most important, like, what do we, what must we confess when we go into confession? And well, what, what is necessary to receive uh, absolution? Well, the, the bar for receiving absolution is pretty low, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, so we don't have to feel like, gosh, I've got to somehow measure up. We need to go in with sincerity confess all the sins, particularly the, the serious sins, mortal sins, that we're conscious of, be truly sorry. We don't have to have absolute confidence that I'm never sinning this way again. We say in the act of contrition uh, that we want to avoid this sin and all of its um, temptations in the future. But a person may be struggling with a habit of sin, for example, uh, pornography is is a very common one these days. Masturbation is a common habit of sin. A person may be struggling with a habit of sin that they know more or less from their past life that as hard as they try, they keep falling into this. So I'm not going to confession until I've overcome it. Well, that's a sure recipe for never overcoming it Absolutely. because we rely on God's grace to overcome sin, any sin, particularly habits of sin. So even though it may be habitual, confess it anyway and say the act of contrition with full sincerity mm -hmm. because what we're saying is I, I will do my best. Right. Traditionally, that's called firm purpose of amendment. Firm purpose of amendment. It's not saying I know that it won't happen again. It's mm -hmm. saying I'm going to do my best to cooperate with God's grace, mm -hmm. and that's all that's needed. Mm -hmm. And when I've done that, I've done. Now, another question that uh, comes up a lot is, 
what if after I leave confession, I remember something that I should have confessed? Yeah. There's, you have to get back in that long line. <laughs> there's a difference between uh, holding withholding a sin that I'm conscious of, but mm-hmm. I'm so upset about or embarrassed by or whatever that I don't want to say it. There's a difference between that and simply forgetting something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I leave the confessional and I realize, oh, I should have confessed this other thing, then there's that confession that I've just done is good. Taken care of. Yeah, that's all taken care of. The things that I confessed are taken care of. And there's always the next time I go. Right. So to use your uh, habit of let me make a note of it somewhere so I won't forget it next time I go. And then the next time I go, not next Lent. Right. <laughs> Preferably next month. Right. Uh, then I'll just confess it then. This brings up a very good question that people often ask. Well, Your Excellency, if the guilt of my sin has been forgiven in that confession of the sin that I forgot, why would I need to go and confess it next time if the guilt has already been forgiven? Is there some spiritual benefit or good that comes from? confessing a sin that I know I've already been forgiven for? And that's a very good question that comes up. And this applies also to venial sins, Mm -hmm. right? Because when I'm doing my daily exam at night and I realize I committed a venial sin, I ask the Lord for forgiveness. And I know that according to church teaching, when I express sorrow, God's going to forgive the guilt of that sin. But yet we're still encouraged by the church to take that sin to confession Mm -hmm for certain spiritual goods and benefits, many one of which is that in itself becomes an act of penance, mm-hmm. whereby I'm able to get rid of some of the remnants of sin. We call it debt of temporal punishment due for past forgiven sin, like theologically, but just the unhealthy attachments, say, mm-hmm. to, the, to the good that was involved in the sin. So by bringing even those sins that I've already been forgiven for to confession, there are spiritual goods and benefits that come from mm-hmm. confessing those sins, and even just the graces of the sacrament itself. Yeah, what would you say to that? I wouldn't recommend for people to, you know, sometimes uh, people come and say, I want to make a general confession. If, if what you're doing, if I've heard some people say that they they want to do a um, a devotional confession, hmm. meaning I want to do a general confession just to express sorrow for sins. That's unnecessary because I have confessed those sins and been forgiven for those sins. Uh, if I want to have a devotional uh, time about sorrow for sin, do that in the pew. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now there's 50 people waiting in the yeah. line. So uh, that's not necessary. Um, it is It is something for us to consider that if a person has committed a sin and then said to God, I am so sorry for that sin, and then something bad should happen and their life ends, right. and they didn't go to confession, God's not going to damn them because they right. didn't go to confession. God responds to what is going on in our heart, but we go to confession because he has commanded us this Do way so. of receiving sacramental absolution. And we benefit also because even if it's something we forgot and later we say, okay, I'm going to take that the next time, uh, we benefit from forming the habit. Mm, that I, Beautiful. I'm not in the habit, again, we talk about virtues, mm-hmm. 
a stable habit in favor of the good. A stable habit in favor of not committing sins blindly and just not caring or passively and not being attentive. So it's an expression of care. It's a manifestation that I care that I've wrong, done mm-hmm. something wrong. Yeah. And, and just a, a basic honesty before God. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something I forgot to mention last time, but I do want to confess it. Yeah. And so here I am. And that's an expression of love for God. Mm-hmm. Like, God, I love you enough that I care that I messed up here. Mm-hmm. You know? it's, it's interesting to consider, too, how much are people spending on counseling? You're right. When, right? when, when confession's free. <laughs> confession is free. And uh, some of what happens, not all of what happens, but sure. some of what happens in counseling is that I've got some bad uh, habit or some bad habit of thought or something that I'm uh, hurting my life by, and I'm able to talk to this person about it. Mm -hmm. Someone else knows and shares the burden with me and maybe gives me some advice about how to overcome that. Mm -hmm. Well, we do that in confession. Right. Sometimes it's very easy to know what you've done Mm -hmm. wrong. Right, like I can list all the things that I've I've done wrong, but we also pray for what for what I have done, and what I have failed to do. Mm. Uh, the the lack, you know, the omission part, like right. that I that I I have failed to do this as a Christian. Right. What do some of those things look like that we could bring up in our con as we're forming our conscience, like we talked about last week, mm-hmm. to to remember? Oh, I you can sin by doing something, and you can sin by not doing something. Right. Yeah, the, I see those pile of dishes, and I can help my wife, but I choose to watch football instead of wash those dishes. <laughs> right? Or, you know, I, I don't do anything to help the poor, for right. example. Yeah. Uh, the parish has uh, ways for, for helping the poor. I don't do it myself, and I don't contribute to the work of the parish or things like that. And that's something our Lord commands us to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the works, uh, the corporal works of mercy... Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about so um, praying for people who have asked me to pray for them or, or who need my prayer. There are things like that that we ought to do, and um, we may be negligent in not doing them. So uh, it is true. It is true that we we tend to focus more more readily on things I've done wrong. But it is true that we can sin by omission, too. I like in the Confiteor, I confess to Almighty God, that gives us a nice little summary for an examination of conscience and mm-hmm. what I have done, what I have felt to do in thought, word, and deed. Right. Something else important to keep in mind, that it's not just external behaviors yeah. or actions that we need to be thinking about, but also my thoughts. <laughs> what sort of thoughts am I entertaining about this person, that person, or even myself? Are those thoughts mm-hmm. charitable or uncharitable? The custody of the mind. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The custody of the eyes. What am I looking at? What am I not looking at? Right. You know, and those things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, any other advice to those? Maybe, like, the let's talk about just uh, the receiving the mercy, the, 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 the sacrificial, like, uh, graces that we, we receive from, from confession mm-hmm. and just how it, it uh, helps us to live the good life, to mm-hmm. live the moral life, to give it, to go back out there and make disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. Uh, those who are uh, maybe haven't been there for a long time, what, what words would you, uh, advice would you give them? Well, we are called by God, commanded by God to be perfect as I am perfect. And that may not happen until uh, we're in heaven. Mm-hmm. 
It won't happen until we're in heaven. But we can grow here and now because his grace is available to us. And so uh, because we can, and that growing is such a good thing, that forms an ought. We ought to strive after perfection. And so confession helps us to do that in the same way any kind of training helps us to accomplish the skill that we're trying to train for. Uh, growing, having a, a, a growing mastery over sin and over the omissions that, that we said can be sinful means that I'm growing in virtue. I'm forming these virtues. The saints are, are simply people who lived heroically the faith. Well, we can strive after that. And confession helps us to strive after that. If a person hasn't been in a long time, go now, soon, as, yeah. as soon as you can. And then use your calendar app. You know, that's what I always told yeah. the students at AM. Uh, you use your calendar app to get you to every other thing you want to get to. Put confession in there as a repeating appointment for every month. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes up, it reminds you, okay, that's right, it's time to go again. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Carla, thanks again for hanging out with us. Thanks, Tulsa time. Enjoy the conversation. You can check out his stuff on shop.catholic.com. He has multiple books put out by Catholic Answers. If you're looking for a place to go to confession, visit dioceseoftulsa.org. We have a parish finder where it has all the uh, parishes in the diocese available for you. You can give them a call. Check out their confession times. We'll see you next week. I'm Adam Minahan.